you know what's coming, man. Larry Irvin, CEO of Brothers Empowered, to teach my man, what's your revolution? Redefining who the teacher is, what the teacher is. Um, what that criteria looks like, um, I think that with the work that we're doing, obviously, you know, there's, there's a demographic conversation in regards to black men in education and, and, and what that data says and, you know, the lack of representation. So that's that's the big umbrella piece. But I think also think within that is the black male image uh, and the deficit perspective of black men that I'm that I'm trying to counterattack and wane, wane sort of the, the, the historical narratives, I think, that comes with. Uh, that's attached to that particular demographic, and I don't think it changes once we cross K-12 doors. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. A show for men and people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporal. What's my favorite line? <laughs> What's good, revolutionaries? I hope all is well. It's 2022, and here we are, the What's Your Revolution TV show. I'm excited about this journey, taking this show that is five years old, that talks to black men and men of color about how they're revolutionizing themselves and how they're taking that revolution out to the world. And we are here with you on this journey, right? And I plan to bring to you some of the most prolific names the most prolific people who are making change in various sectors across the country, across the world, but more importantly, across their communities. That's what we do here at What's Your Revolution. We tell the stories of black men who are revolutionary. Not those men who are creating bloody riots in the streets, but those men who are saying that I want to make change within myself. I want to make change within my community. I want to make change within my city. I want to make change within the world. And my story, Revolutionaries, is one that will inspire you. It'll incite you to transform yourself. It will cause the revolution that you need and want to have into your life. So we are excited. This is show number one. And as I thought about, (laughs) as I thought about, who do I want to have on my first show? The first show here on Brown Box TV with my folks, right? And we want to give a big shout out to Natalie Williams and the team at Brown Box for bringing us on and saying, yo, this is what we need to see. Black men doing their thing, right? I said, <laughs> my boy, right? Because you always, you revolutionaries, you always hear me say, like, I'm here with one of my good friends, right? But we take it to another level. I met this brother in 2014, Right. Larry Irving Jr. I got to put it. I got to put the whole thing. <laughs> I got to put the. I got to put the whole thing out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Larry Irving Jr. Right. As you can see, it says high risk CEO. But Larry Irving is the CEO of one of my favorite organizations in my city. Right. In my city. And you know what that is. Right. It's New Orleans. <laughs> Let me say it again. It's it's New Orleans. Larry Irvin, Brothers Empowered to Teach, one of the most prolific organizations in New Orleans and one of the prolific organizations in our country. And I'll let him tell his story about how we got here. But this man, right, I I could give a litany of accolades, the thing that this brother has gone through over the last seven years, since eight years since I met him. Right. And it's an interesting tour. Let me tell this story a little bit, Larry, before I before I bring you in. Absolutely. I, I met this brother as a Kellogg fellow. Right. You know, all, all, look, and, and you know when a brother walked by in a tight, you know, tight form, not form fitting, but tailored suit, we was, we said tailored. But Larry was always smelling good, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, he walked past, he was always smelling like, brother, what you wearing? 
You know what I'm saying? What you wearing? And he always had a look. He always had on, as we say, some exotics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some exotic cologne, man. Yeah. But what I've seen, right? And I remember having this conversation, Larry, and we can we can begin here in a second. But I remember we were in Dallas. We're all dressed up, and you and I sat down for a second, brother. And you were telling me about how you didn't feel comfortable in the space, right? There were all these PhDs, these other CEOs that were in the space. And you were like, I don't know if I should be here, Charles. And we had this conversation. You were talking about uh, our, our good friend, Dr. Andre Perry. And you were like, you know, he's been my mentor. And I said to you, brother, you are in this space because you're supposed to be in this space, right? And man, to see the ascension of this brother, I don't even want to call it the ascension, right? To see this brother do his thing over the last eight years, and we're going to get into that, like, I want to sit in the room with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to be at the tables that Larry Irvin Jr. is at. So, revolutionaries, welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. CEO of Brothers Empowered to Teach, my good friend, my boy, Kellogg fellow, alum, Larry Irvin Jr. What's up, brother? How are you? I can't call it, man, Charles. I appreciate you for having me, man. It means a lot uh, to be on the show. It means even more to, to be the, the first up. If you will to set a tone, you know what I mean, which I don't, I definitely don't mind doing. So um, that was a, a eloquent introduction, man. It, it definitely resonates. I remember the conversation uh, vividly. Um, you know, you 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 know that we, we all had to share a little bit of our journey, uh, meeting each other in that fellowship, man, which is really a pivotal point for me. You know, um, I always say that Kello, you know, that opportunity really to uh, change my trajectory. You know what I mean, um, considering where I was coming from. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's we've a far across. We, we, we sit in a different seat, definitely now. Um, but it's just been the grind, man. The natural progression, I think, man. When when when, when cats like myself um, get a get a get a chance, man. Um, Kello gave me the chance, um, you know, to to really uh, to, to hone myself and, and, and re recreate a new version of me, man. And I'll always be uh, indebted to Kello and that space and yourself. Uh, the Flints, the Gregs, the the, the 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 Ethans, all of them, everybody, man. Um, just having a little piece uh, of me, you know, getting that affirmation that you talk about, and and feeling like you know uh, I did belong. And, and and that's the thing, and we want to give a shout out, like you said, to the WK Kellogg Foundation yeah, for yeah, yeah actually being transformative and revolutionary for a lot of people. The twenty four of us from New Orleans that they poured into that they fed us dear brother when yeah. i say fed they gave us the food they gave us the knowledge they gave us the the inspiration yeah. the transformation yeah. that we actually needed to be better leaders it's interesting to see how the players of that cohort are actually fueling the revolution that's going amazing. on in our city yeah. it, it is it is amazing right and i don't know you know with the four other cohorts who else is doing that much in their cities? I don't know. I'm not, and I'm not saying that they're not, but I can look at New Orleans and say Kellogg poured into 24 leaders who have then gone out to run and win for public office, right? To create and proliferate organizations that are having an impact on children and families, right? To think about this, to be able to sit in this space and then talk to my people because Kellogg said, Charles, we're going to give you that space to create this show. Five, six, seven years later, this is the What's a Revolution show. And the Kellogg Foundation was behind me in that third year project. What did I want to do, Larry? I said, I want to be on radio. I want to be in front of the people. And that's what Kellogg Foundation has done for us. So thank you to them. Larry, I'd be remiss, man. I got to ask you the question, and you know what's coming, brother. <laughs> you 
you know what's coming, man. Larry Irvin, CEO of Brothers Empowered to teach my man. What's your revolution? I think my revolution, I mean, it's, it's such a such a broad question, man. I think there's 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 tears for me. There's tears to that answer, but I think it starts with uh I think it starts with just redefining uh reading redefining what the teacher is, what the teacher, who the teacher is, what the teacher is. Um, what that criteria looks like. Um, I think that with the work that we're doing, obviously, you know, there's, there's a demographic conversation um, in regards to black men and education and, and, and what that data says and, you know, the lack of representation and, and we're working towards that. But I also think sort of that's, that's the big umbrella piece, but I think also think within that is the black male image uh, and the deficit perspective of black men that I'm, that I'm trying to, um, you know, uh, counterattack and wane, wane sort of the, the, the historical narratives, I think that comes with, uh, that's attached to that particular demographic. And I don't think it changes once we cross K-12 doors. Um, if anything, it may be a little bit more concentrated. As far as just how we perceive uh, socially, I think um, those narratives, implicit biases, you know, um, uh, you know, once we go into K-12 spaces as a student or as a teacher, uh, that's a deficit perspective. We, we, we start off a lot of times as liability, being seen as liabilities before assets. And uh, I'm working to change that. Yeah. I love that. I want everybody to go to uh, brothers empowered to teach. Brothers in ta- brothers empowered to teach. Right? It's B E T T. happens to me all the time. Don't worry, man. Your brothers empowered to teach. You know, preach. Brothers empowered to teach. Preach. You know what I'm saying, man? Please, everybody, go out and see. Is B E two T dot org? If I'm correct, Larry. Yes, sir. Yeah, go to Brothers in Power to Teach. And if you got a little change in your pocket, I'm asking you to make sure you donate some, some of that money into what these brothers are trying to do. And basically what Larry just said, his revolution is to empower young black men to go into this wonderful profession as teachers. Yeah. Right. To go into this wonderful profession as teachers. And 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 I the irony of this is that I started off as a teacher. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever had this conversation, right? Yeah. That I, I started off like Dr. Corpru was a teacher. Yeah. And it is so interesting, Larry, that you are now funding and founding and leading an organization that says we want to put more black men into the classroom. Let's just put the statistics out there, Larry. Let's put it out there. How many black male teachers around the country are in classrooms as, as you say in your TED talk, that are giving intellectual capacity, right? That intellectual knowledge, that are disseminating that knowledge out to students. How many, what's that percentage look like? Less than 3% uh, across the country. So, um, and it fluctuates, you know, uh, in different cities. Some, some cities have more of a concentration um, and have more initiatives than others. But, you know, when you look at the data uh, from an aggregate standpoint, you know, uh, it's less than three percent. Um, and you know, in, in some cities, you know, you you experience the the, the 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 extreme side of the the flip side of the equation where people people it's it's not uncommon for people to go their entire academic uh, 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 careers and matriculation, uh, particularly K twelve, um, and not and not experience a, a black male teacher. Um, a lot of people don't, don't don't experience that for the first time until college. Most times, if they get that opportunity. So, man, I just um. And before before I you know sort of close on that answer, I want to commend you um, and the work that you did um, in regards to your education. We you know the, the a lot of the works, the research that you've done with uh, Dr. Cunningham, Mike, Michael Cunningham, mm-hmm. um, yeah, about uh, masculinity and things of that nature. I, I you know I, I was I was in those research pieces. Um, it was the springboard for a lot of the work that we're doing now, man. So um, your, your impact has been felt 
sort of on both sides, education, K-12, um, particularly with, with how we view um, and our approaches that we take and innovations that we take to, to, to recruit black men. And that bigger conversation yeah. about masculinity as well. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I definitely appreciate that. And, and shout out to my mentor, Dr. Michael Cunningham, uh, senior researcher, administrator, um, associate provost at Tulane University, had a tremendous impact on who I am today and the research and how I got here, right? Mr. Corporal was cool. Dr. Corporal was badass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so thank you to Dr. Cunningham for bringing me to this space. Larry, let, let's let's dive down a little deeper for a second, right? Yeah. What does it mean, right? You, you talk about the the 3%, that's three out of 100, as you say, three out of, three out of every 100 teachers are black men. Yeah. What does it mean for students to see and experience a black male in an intellectual capacity for them? What does it do for students? What is it? So start with this. What does it do for other black students when they see a black male in the classroom? Provides a mirror um, that has been provided, a proverbial mirror. Um, kids get the chance to see themselves, um, which I think a lot of times is, is, is overlooked. Um, and the, sort of the hidden impact. I won't even say hidden impact. Um, the impact that's had uh, when that dynamic is in place, particularly men. Um, so we, I mean, and the data says so. We know it from an anecdotal standpoint. Um, we hear it from students, parents, particularly um, when black boys, black girls have black, black, black teachers overall, but black men in the classroom. There's such a profound, multi-layered uh, impact that's had. You know, qualitative impact that's had because we know the stories. In a lot of our communities, um, single parent homes, a lot of times, you know, we're raised by our mothers. That male positive figure just starts from that very basic primitive standpoint um, is absent. And to have that presence, um, although it may be in a, in, a, in, a, in a surrogate manner as far as being, you know, being a teacher, um, a lot of times those guys play, you know, surrogate fathers, if you will. And that, exactly. that, positive, that, that positive narrative and sort of that positive uh, reflection of success outside of what's sort of constantly affirmed for, for young black men. Um, basketball, sports, the streets, rapping, um, you know, your, your usual suspects. And I think for, for your non-black students, um, I think the lack of that representation creates a, a subliminal message uh, mm. that black men uh, can't right. and don't, each can't leave from intellectual capacity because they, they never see it. So it's only, I think it's subconscious, right? Uh, you never see somebody teach, you know, um, I think subconsciously in the back of your mind, you're going to create a narrative that 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 that's not possible, that's not viable, and and, and then you, it gets deeper than that. Why why isn't that so? Why can I see I always right. see janitors, uh, football coaches, um, disciplinarians, um, but I never see these men or this 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 representation uh, in front of the classroom, like you said, leading from intellectual path. Man, I love I, I I love that answer, and that's the thing, and. I remember, I, I, I remember, you know, Dr. Michael Cunningham has a tremendous impact on who, who I am today, but the most influential people in my life were the young men that I had at Green Run High School there. I, I ran a program called Brothers of the Academy, mm. and they were 15 young African-American males who I led for a year because we, because the graduation rates in Virginia Beach Public Schools for black men was abysmal. Right. And particularly abysmal with, you know, brothers who are graduating with honors. Can you imagine that? Right. Yeah. Graduate that you have less than 10 brothers in the entire school division, the 70,000, 70,000 
student school division where you had less than three brothers graduate with honors across the district. That's a problem. That that's, that's a, a major problem. problem. So I want that's a major problem. And I wanted to make sure that I was at least doing my part. That's when I was, you know, revolutionary, <laughs> at least at that level. And Larry, I remember one day asking, we were watching Malcolm X and we were actually debriefing Malcolm X. And I asked him, I was like, so who's your Malcolm X? And they said, like, you're our Malcolm X. And one of the brothers said, look, you're too big for this. Like, you need to move on from this. Like, we love you, but you you have something greater to offer the world. And I was like, what? What? And it was because, yeah, it was because of them, Larry, that I decided to apply to grad school. And it was because of them, because they saw something greater in me that I said, you know what, I'm going to go on. And like you said, the impact that the research has made, the impact of teaching my students, the impact of being a part of this process was because of them, because I loved teaching so much. I loved coaching baseball. But I love mentoring my boys. I love teaching psychology. I love the I love the high school experience. It was a one. It was a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's an amazing. Thing. Yeah, yeah. To teach high school, amazing, amazing. And I'll say this one last piece, and we'll move on. I have a good friend of mine, one of my best friends, Christina Canastelli, who is a wonderful administrator in, in D.C. these days. And before she became a teacher, I used to tell her, I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm a rock star. When I'm teaching high school, yeah. can you imagine that? Can you that yeah. rock star feeling, Larry? Yeah, it's a stage. It's like definitely I, a stage. It is. It is definitely a stage because I could walk down the hall, right? What's up, Mister Corporal? What's up, Corporal? What's going on? Dad, the brothers dab me up. Like I, I couldn't. You know, it was. It was like I'm walking through the crowd, and you know, it's like when you're entering the arena, Larry. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it was like the greatest feeling, you know, knowing when you had an impact on students' lives and they saw that. Yeah. That's, and a, I was like, and she was, That's a battery, man, yeah. that you just can't. That feeling you're talking about, Charles, you can't, you just can't go buy that. You can't, you, like, you either you experience that or you don't. Um, it's definitely, that's a great analogy. Great analogy. It was, it was, a, it was a wonderful feeling, Larry. And, what happened was with Christina, she was like, you're a narcissist, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine me being a narcissist? No, not at all. <laughs> right. But she was like, you're a narcissist. narcissist. I, think, I think that term gets thrown around. I, yeah, exactly. That's, that's another, that's another show. show. Yeah. That's, a, that's another show. But Larry, she was like, you know, you're a narcissist. You're not a rock star. And then she became a teacher. Ah. And I, re I remember her calling me, Larry, and saying, she was like, I take it back. She was like, the greatest joy that I have is when class ends and I'm out in the hallway and my students see me and their friends see me and they're like, hey, Miss Cancelli, what's going on, Miss Cancelli? It's great to see you, Miss Cancelli. I love you, Miss Cancelli. Are you coming to the game this weekend? I want to spend some time with you, Miss Cancelli. And I said, I told you. And when you leave that, you will miss that. The power of being a teacher, the power of being a mentor, Larry. And I want to say this is that Brothers Empowered to Teach puts men that look like us in positions to be rock stars. Think about that. And rock stars are influential. If they use their power for good, Larry, as you both know, we both know, 
they are rock stars that have the impact, the ability to revolutionize children's and families' lives. I miss that some days. I miss being a coach. I miss being a rock star some days, Larry. You know, so please continue to do the wonderful things that you do. Leaving you still, your you organization. Doing it on, a, on, a, on, a, on a different stage. It's a different stage. Mm-hmm. You still teach Who, me or you? you. Who, me or you? You, you still teach <laughs> Man, I'm just following up. I'm the man, but I'm man, as we used to say back in the day, I'm the man sitting next to the man. <laughs> I mean, your platform is, is you're gonna be you're gonna be educating, you're gonna be learning yourself as well. Just like just yeah. like just like teachers. So it's just I won't look at it as, as as if you're not you're not doing it anymore. It's just, you know, you're in a different lane and doing it, I think, on a on a grand scale, like you, like your boys told you I, to do. I, I appreciate no, I definitely appreciate it. But you and I both know you it, it feels different when you gotta look when you you walk into look when you walk into a stadium, I remember I remember walking into a a stadium one day with all of my students and to see them just crowd around me was one of the greatest feelings of my life, yeah. brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Im- impact. Yeah. But look, I want to I want to move this conversation for a second, Larry, because Larry is just not only the CEO of this organization and we've talked about his ascension as a as a man, as a leader, where Larry Irvin when he walks into the room, he takes up space. Right. He takes a big space. There's a charisma about you. There's a gravitas that that you have. There's a confidence that you have that had to come, which has led to you then being now a TED fellow and having done your own TED talk. I want to talk about that experience, Larry, you know, and congratulations. Let's say that now. Congratulations on having your TED talk. Please, revolutionaries, go Google Larry Irvin and his TED talk. Right. It's right there. Google his name. It's a wonderful, wonderful TED talk about the work that he's doing. But first, Larry, I want to talk about how did you get to a point where you could walk into a room and take up space positively? How did that happen? Wow. Oh, I don't think I've ever been asked that question. Like that, like, I'm maybe you, you, you know, you know what I'm you know what yeah, I'm talking about. Definitely. I definitely know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, I think it was a progression. Um, you know, I think the gravitas is there. I don't know how to, I don't know if I would categorize it as a, as a negative or or, or positive. I think I transitioned to it. I think it definitely started. Um, I think I'll say my, me developing that, that, that gravitas and that charisma definitely came from a negative space. I think it came from a, from a space of, uh, you know, my, my, I I have a colorful story. Um, people know my story, you know, uh, what those who know, who know, uh, know, you know, when I started Brothers in Power to Teach, you know, I was, uh, I was coming off the second of, uh, two gun and narcotic charges, you know what I mean, that I caught, mm-hmm. uh, in New Orleans and, um, but I also had a, you know, a very positive foundation with my mom being an educator and things of that nature. So academically, I've never, I've never really was behind or, or didn't excel academically, but I did have, have a, uh, for lack of a better description, a street, uh, experience because of the, the, the constituents. That I that I was around, whether it was neighborhood or just Citroen. about what have you, right? So, and you develop a level of I will say to be completely transparent, you develop because just navigating navigating streets, navigating different uh, cast different cast of characters, um, in different situations, you develop a level of uh, 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 communication skills. I'll definitely say, um, and a level of presence, you know, that I think just and being able to read a room. You know, um, and really pick up on, you know, uh, who your audience is and how to deliver that particular message to that audience. You know, so 
Um, but I think the transition just cut, just came as far as having an impact positively. I think it just being being around, you know, changing changing my environment. Charles just being around a Dr. Charles, being around a a, a, a Dr. Flint, being around an Ethan Ashley, being around a Greg Rattler, being around uh you know uh, a Emil Dwyer, a uh, 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 Deidre Burrell, mm-hmm. um, having these conversations with folks, uh, Lynetta Gilbert, um, and I think all of those experiences sort of subsequently just. Uh, took that same energy um, that was developed in a different space and just uh, gave me an opportunity to really hone it um, in a concentrated uh, way to where I can focus on taking sort of this negative backdrop um, and using it to catapult uh, an organization that's ready to have an amazing impact. Mm, mm. Think, think, think about what he just said, revolutionaries. Being able to sit in rooms with other people that you admire. That's what that's what it sounds like, Larry. Yeah. I, I don't want to put words words in your mouth, and, and and that litany of folks that you just named are the are those prolific leaders that are down in New Orleans who are doing amazing things, right? We can go from organization to organization to politician to politician, right? Yeah, the list goes on. And on, and on, and on right? the, the, the the list goes goes on. So the 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 pullout in that. Larry, it sounds like that if if you don't feel like you can walk into a room and take up space, sit in a room with people who already take up space and learn what they do. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you want to learn something, go, go, go to the source. It's, it's, it's that go simple. Put yourself, you know, put yourself in position uh, and in those environments and in those spaces um, with people that's replicating what you want to be. It's really that simple. Mm-hmm. And uh, you pick mm-hmm. up on your cues, like they say all the time. Um, you know, a lot of great leaders say, you know, you show me your friends, I'll show you, I'll show you your future. Um, mm. it's so true. Mm. It's so true. And you, you, and you can't help, but you know, uh, if you want it, which I really wanted 2014 was really a crucial year for me. Um, cause I really, really want to change having a berry, uh, my cousin Danny having a berry Rashad, uh, back to back, you know, um, one getting gunned down, uh, in the eight war, the other, uh, a heroin overdose. Um, I want to change y'all. I want to change. I want to be fast. Um, so yeah. I think that piece had to be there. Um, you know, you know, um, I had moments of clarity, right? Carrying these caskets, man. Like asking myself, like, why not me? You know, um, mm. and those was just that was just highlighting sort of that 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 window for that year, and it all sort of happened. And you know, I was going through that while I was entering Kello. You know what I mean? Right. So it was all happening at the same time. And Kello, like I said, at the time it couldn't have been better because I really, really wanted change. So I I really embraced um, and maximized my experience in that space around the the, the Dr. Corpus and what have you. Um, but a sense of urgency. I attacked it with a sense of urgency, squeezing the orange, getting everything I could because I really, really wanted something different. Brother, as I say, man, people who come on this show, they drop a masterclass, right? This is this is the What's Your Revolution show is a masterclass, right? When it comes to black men, right? Thinking about what he just said. There's an urgency, right? You want to get that juice out. You're squeezing hard, yeah. right? Right, right. You, you, you're, you're taking that orange, and I want to get as much juice out of it, right? So much so, I'm going to get an orange juicer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? All right, because my hand, look, because my hand, Larry Irving, can't give me all of that juice, right? Yeah. Right. But I want, I want it all. So there's, this I've, I've innovated. I'm bringing, I'm bringing in the big thing, so I can, I can squeeze every piece of knowledge out of these folks. Is a favorite quote of mine in, in Fast and the Furious 2 or 3, Tokyo Drift, whatever one it is. And I've said it, right? The people around you show you who you are. Think about that, Larry Irvin. Think the people around you show you who, who you are, right? And when you walk into a room these days, 
Larry Irvin is the person that you want to say, I want to, I want to walk into that room like Larry Irvin just walked into the room, right? With the gravitas, with the smile, with the leadership, with the, the ability to be a magnet. Think about that, Larry, to be a magnet when people come to you, when they are drawn to you because they want to hear your story. Yeah. So that moves me into this next question, right? Because having a TED Talk is is like the the piece de resistance, as my friend Dr. Angel- Angelique Trash says. Like that's that's the move. How 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 does Larry Irvin, right? 2014 Larry Irvin move into the space where in 2021 he's a TED fellow and he's doing a TED talk, right? Tell us about that process, right? I want to know. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, man. I think, um, you know, I say, I say it a lot, man. Uh, you know, uh, you got to be ready for success, Charles, before it comes. Um, and I think a lot of people miss that in their journey. Um, it's, it's a conditioning. It takes time. There's a patience. I think uh, I didn't get my, I didn't get the opportunity. I don't think there's a, you know, let me be clear. That's not an algorithm or an equation to get a TED talk, to get a TED talk that's been out roughly three months, over a million views. Uh, that's not a, that I can't, I can't give you an X, Y, Z carrier one to get that type of outcome. What I can say though, is there's a conditioning. There's a conditioning that you're going to, you're going to be challenged by the universe um, in regards to your passion and what you're doing. Um, we all have to deal with life. Um, are you going to be able to like deal with life, those barriers uh, and still show up every day? Um, and really put that sweat equity into what you're doing, really believing uh, in what you're doing, really having that passion for what you're doing. Because I think that's what derails most people um, is those barriers, those 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 uh, atrocities that happen, right? Those those calamities, those unseen calamities that we experience. Will that derail you from your mission and your journey? And I think what I've done over seven years, roughly, is prove over and over and over to the universe, to myself. Uh, I've signaled off those frequencies to the universe that I want this. I really want this thing. And if, if given an opportunity, I'm going to maximize every opportunity given. And I don't think the, uh, the, the, the you know, those type of deeds and that type of uh, disposition will, will never go unnoticed by the universe. And if I stay patient and continue to work hard when nobody was looking, my time would come. Um, and I was more than ready mm. when it came. Mm. 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 That's a story right there, right? That started with, you gotta be ready for success before it comes, right? And you have to believe, right, that success has come. Success is coming. You've got to be ready for success before it comes. And you have to believe that success is coming. But let me, let me, let me push for a second, right? Let, let me push, right? Let's, let's have a little controversy here. Sure. You know, you got to be ready. But the, the brain skews to negative, right? The brain skews skews to net it. Larry, you're not good enough for this, right? Why would you think, man, you had two armed robberies and narcotics. You can't do this. You can't be on stage. You can't have a meal. Who do you think you are, Larry Irvin? Those beliefs, right? Those those limits, because I'm going to make the assumption at some point that came into your head, right? Uh, Many points. Right. But the question, many points, but um, the question that I want my revolutionaries to know in this moment, Larry, is that how do you overcome those limiting beliefs that say, Larry Irvin, you know where you came from. You ain't, you ain't, 
whatever, right? I can't say, right? You know where you came from. Yeah. Why do you think that you should be on the stage with luminaries, right? Like Michelle Obama or Barack Obama, right? Yeah. Why should you be there? Yeah. Why should you have a million views? Uh, I stayed the course and I truly believed in myself. Um, and, and I stopped asking why, to be honest with you, Charles, and really just because I wouldn't, I mean, think, things happen for a reason. You know, so as colorful as my story is, I'm here. Um, I ended up, I applied for Kellogg, just like I applied for Ted. Um, just, you know, just believing, you know what I mean? And putting forth uh, a lot of belief in who I am. Um, it, now, is it going to be questioned? Absolutely. I'll give you another story, Charles. My first my first pitch competition, um, you know, this is Pitch NOLA 2016, 2015, 2016. Tulane University, Bright Lights, the news, news is out, media outlets, the whole nine. Um, it's me and Christina on the stage at that time. Uh, I forget all my, my entire lines, like all my lines. I, I think I said my name. I gave the mic back to Christina, and I literally walked out the auditorium during the pitch while we're being judged. People thought it was a part of the pitch competition. They thought it was part of the, 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 the presentation. Found the darkest spot I could find in Tulane Squad. And I, I've cried, I cried like I never could before. Um, like I never had before. Um, like ball and tears. Um, and that was like one of my, one of those crossing roads for me where, where I was, it was really coming into question. Did I, you know, did I really belong? You know, because it, it happened fast for me, Charles. You know what I mean? I'm in courtrooms fighting charges, washing dishes, making 850 an hour as a 30, 30, 31 year old man. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, I meet Christina and, you know, we apply for Echo and Green and it just seemed like in a blink, I was in one space or trying to get out of one space and I was just in another. And I just, to me, you know, that, that serendipity speaks. Um, mm. I think about it just, it all started to make sense for me as far as my story. Uh, my mother being an educator, me seeing, like seeing that from inside, um, but also having that peace, Charles, that. Sort of that street piece, that often uh, authenticity piece, to where this is what's going to really help me connect to some brothers that might be on the fence. Uh, this narrative, this representation piece, and I think the combination of the two, um, I had a realization. Uh, I stopped fighting uh, my 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 mistakes, if you want to call them mistakes, right? My mishaps in life, and start seeing them as assets, and start saying, "This is why I'm different. I'm, I, I wasn't supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to come from the traditional." Uh, the traditional route, top 25 university, Ivy League. I wasn't supposed to be. This is my gift. This is why I'm here. And then once I had that realization, it all just started to align. Man, listen, li li that that belief that the journey, <laughs> the journey and the belief that success is coming, right? You have to prepare yourself for success and you have to believe that success is coming. Even when your mind is telling you that you shouldn't be here. You have to right? believe, man. Like you have to. You have you to have. believe. You have to. Uh, uh, look, as, as, as my friend Crystal Fox says, be careful how you talk to your subconscious. Because your subconscious will build out what your conscious believes that you are. It's the foundation. It's the foundation. It, is the foundation, it sets the tone right? for your, for the front of the mind, front of your mind, thoughts, and then behaviors. 
It's all connected. It is all connected. Because if you truly don't believe, you're not going to behave. You're not going to, your outcomes and your, your, well, your outputs or inputs will reflect that. <laughs> As I said, you get a masterclass. Remember how you talk to yourself. In those bad moments, in those moments when you think that I can, tell yourself, I can. I will. I give myself the grace to do this. Larry, I forgive myself for my past. I forgive myself for my past. I am grateful for this moment and I too will take this moment to move forward in my dreams and my passion because that Larry in itself is a revolution. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds very, very primitive, very, very elementary as far as just, you know, the, the power of the tongue and the language and language. And I understand why people like I did, for a while, struggle. It can't be that simple, right? It can't all, all these different outcomes and goals that I have can't be as simple as me speaking them. Uh, it's not. There's a there's a work ethic, right? There's a condition as I, as I alluded to earlier, but it sets the tone. It's 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 the it floor. Sets the it's tone. the floor in which you build in a house. Mm-hmm. Your language. It's the foundation. Yeah, it's the it, floor. It, it is. It is. And I said something. I uh, I said something to my. You know. I, uh, Larry, I said relationships are hard. Having a conversation, my friend said to me, she was like, no, they're not. I was like, what do you mean? She was like, if you keep telling your subconscious that they're hard, you will then endure hard relationships because that is what your subconscious hears and you draw that in, right? Relationships are loving. They are fun. They are joyful. They are a challenge, right? But if you move your space into loving and joy, Right. And understanding that you have to lean in. They are not hard. That's something that I got to learn, Larry. (laughs) But again, speak what you want. Speak, speak joy into your subconscious and see how life will change. Larry, look, as we begin to think about closing this out, I want to talk about leadership for a second. That's one of the things. Revolution, right, is about leadership. Yes, sir. What are some tips and strategies that you would give to leaders as they are moving into space, new spaces of, of leading their organizations or leading their families or leading themselves? What would you say that they need to do to be better leaders? Everybody's situation is different as far as how they show up in leadership, but I think, I think something that can be globally applied is uh, uh, rely, double down and rely on the principles, morals, ethics uh, that have guided you. Um, I know that's that's one thing I, I, I do. Um, a lot of times we're going to have uh, unseen, uncertain situations. Um, you know, uh, a lot of times our decisions are just ju- judged by the outcome, right? Not necessarily the uh, the context, uh, you know, prior to the, the decision. I think what helps me a lot of times, man, in my leadership is just resting on those, uh, those principles and, and morals that I've stood on uh, in life, um, because when you don't have a, a for sure answer, a clear cut answer, uh, a lot of times just, you know, um, you know how they say, like, if you if you if you're unsure, you know, if you're unsure, just, you know, rest on rest on what you know. Um, and that's what I'm done. Uh, just keeping my foundation um, 
you know, with kindness, like leading with kindness, leading with understanding, leading with grace. I came in, um, you know, like that. I think, you know, my story had a lot to do with that. It was hard for me to come in with sort of a heavy hammer or heavy hand as far as leadership, uh, because I, you know, I, I had a colorful past, so I couldn't, I couldn't really be very judgmental of folks. I had to, I had to give folks grace because I wanted that same grace back. And I've just learned, man, I just, you know, giving grace, giving kindness, man, um, especially in this new space that we in, I think needs to be at the forefront of folks and really just genuinely connecting with folks uh, in a real way, man. And um, just rest on what you know, trust, trust that, mm-hmm. trust what, what has guided you and gotten you and gotten you here. Um, and, and don't let circumstance change that. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> Larry, one of the things that is really, really important to me in my leadership journey is to walk into situation as a leader with curiosity. Mm. Instead of thinking that I know everything, right? Or, or or that I even know the situation at hand, right? Because you know, as as humans, we create a story based on our past experience. The best leaders are the ones that go into situations and say, you know what? I have a story, but I'm curious to know if that is the true story. Hands down, Charles. (laughs) Remain a learner. Remain a learner. Be curious in your leadership. Be curious in your people. Be curious in the situations that you're... Because often, like I said, that brain will create the story based on past trauma and past experiences and all of the stimuli. And your brain says, well, this feels similar, right? And so I'm going to create this narrative and that narrative allows for a response, Larry Irvin. But if you say, I'm going to be curious, what are the facts? Then your response may be different and people will see like, wow, Larry Irvin really leads this organization from a place of curiosity. And curiosity, you lead an organization. right? It creates a great breeding ground for growth, for true a growth. Great growth. Uh, you see it all exactly. the time. I've seen it, Charles, time and time again. A lot of times, you know, folks are overachievers. You know, they come from the, the the you know your traditional talent pipelines and what have you, and they come in with a level of I I, I know it right. I, I you know I I know this. What, what what else new could I? You know, I've done it. I've had all the successes, all the accolades, the superlatives. And it really shut off a lot of experiences, man, where they, they have opportunity to grow or uh, see leadership from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they don't pick up on those jewels uh, because, it, 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 you know, because of the preconceived uh, notions. You know, a lot of smart people, they, they say all the time that they're, they're, they're smart, but they're also smart enough to understand the possible failures. So I think a little bit of that, that ignorance um, in situations definitely is bliss. Like you need to just, you know, just not, not know so much, not assume so much. Right. In these spaces that you're going into and be a constant sponge um, and allow, allow, just allow that growth to happen, man. Like you said, that curiosity, man. It's, it's a huge piece. Curiosity. Huge piece. Man. Larry Irvin, CEO of Brothers Empowered to yes, Teach, sir. man. Look, look, my man. Look, big, 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 big Larry, as we call him down in the wall. Always a pleasure, man. <laughs> big, Always a big Larry. Always a pleasure. You know what I'm Man, I am super happy for all the success of the organization, man, and and where it's going and how it's growing and the impact that you're not only going to have on New Orleans, but the impact of of the schools and students and families across the country. Yes, sir. Revolutionaries, make sure that you go and check out Brothers Empowered to Teach, BE2T.org. And also make sure that you check out, it'll be in the show notes, but check out Larry Irvin's TED Talk, right? As he talks about leadership and he talks about the importance of 
what it means to have black men in the classroom. Think about that, right? Think about what your child could experience if they experience a black man teaching intellectual capacity and knowledge, right? To grow your child's mind. Make sure you check out Larry Irvin. Brother, I'm happy. Where else, where else can people find something about you that they did not know? Uh, Instagram, you know, you can follow us at Real Bros Teach. That's R-E-A-L-B-R-U-H-S Teach. Uh, you can find my personal page, Big Brother. B-R-U-D-D-A underscore L, big brother underscore L on Instagram. Um uh big brother underscore L. Uh no, I'm sorry, Larry Urban 10 on tw- on Twitter. Uh at Larry Urban 10, the number 1010. Um and on Facebook, man, our real uh Brothers of Power to Teach Initiative. Uh and Larry Urban on Facebook. Uh gotcha. find me. We will put all all of the handles out there so people can uh, contact and be, you know, be in space with you, right? Because you know when Larry Irvin walks in the room, he's gonna take up a lot of space, brother. And it's just positive. He's gonna make you he gonna make you feel good. He's gonna look good and he's gonna smell good, everybody. Let me tell we didn't get a chance to talk about it. What's, what, what, wait a minute, this this is it. What cologne are you wearing these days out here in these streets in New Orleans, bro? Man, Mason Francis Kirkshin, uh, a la Rose. Uh, Grand Soir and uh, yes, yeah, a couple others, man. But MFK is the MFK is the deal right now. Uh, uh, the 540, the Baccarat uh, Baccarat 540. Uh, yeah, man, amazing scents for men. They're unisex, but for men, they, they come off men. Really, I can't well. afford it. I can't. I can't afford none of these. But we yes, also can put that stop, in. I can't even pronounce. Stop, y'all. I can't even pronounce the French. The French version of yeah, these. man. We up, uh, y'all. I'm going bougie, man. I'm getting bougie, man. I'm getting real. Bougie. Nah, I'm not mad. At, I'm. I'm not mad at yeah. that, brother. Thank you for being on the show, Always, brother. man. Hey, man. Look, I love you. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing well, and we will be in touch, brother. Absolutely. Thank you, Charles, for having me. Real talk, man. Thank you, bro. No worries, bro. I'll talk to you yes, soon. Yes, sir. Peace. Revolutionaries, it is just wonderful to be in space with you uh, as we move into 2022 and we think about what our revolutions are going to be. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where you're going. I'm excited to see what you're going to do. I'm excited to see how you answer this question. What we think is the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? We're here with you. We're here for you. We're here beside you as you move through this space. Come with us on this journey because we are here with you as we move to proliferate this show, not only as an audio podcast, but as a TV show. I want to thank our guest, Larry Irvin, Jr., CEO of Brothers Empowered to Teach, my good friend my good friend and please make sure that you go check him out right and please make sure that you are supporting a black woman today they are taking it as our president joe biden promises to nominate a black woman to the supreme court we know that the talk and vitriol from around the country from those people who don't see the importance of having black women in spaces of power and prestige and knowledge and intellect is necessary for the survival of this country. Make sure that you are loving on a black woman. Make sure that you are loving on women, period. Treating them with respect and love that they deserve. Make sure that you are treating everyone, right, in the manner that you want to be treated. 
We love you here at this show. And we want to make sure that you know that we here are for you. Are for you. Are for you. Take care, revolutionaries. I love you. We'll see you next time. Peace. 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 Peace.